0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to your latest edition of the Net weekly podcast hosted by myself Craig Gray. Um, it's Sunday the 22nd of January 2023, Rangers have just beaten St. Johnson in the Scottish Cup my we through the next round so it's been a pretty pretty decent weekend I suppose if you're a Rangers fan apart from the performance and actually having to sit through and watch the game um, but we'll go through all of it tonight with my guest. Uh, first up Dougie Kinnear, Dougie how you doing mate?
1: I'm great for
0: a Sunday, knowing that you've got to go back to work tomorrow. But other than that, I am very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, the same. Kinda sharing some of my feelings
2: to you. Um and it's like a, a wee episode of Dr. Seuss here today. We've got Kenya and Weir. Stuart, we are. Stuart, how you doing, mate? I didn't expect the sort of arriving slang there, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're doing we're, we're we're doing well. Yes. Um like everybody else, Sunday evenings are made for uh, podcasts or watching the NFL playoffs. So if you see me glancing at the side here. I've got it up on the uh, the, the 70-inch television through the wall and uh, watching that at the same time. So I'll keep you posted just to prove this is live and exclusive. Aye,
0: i like, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no no holograms over here at Gelsnet. Um but just uh, before we start, just go through the sort of the usual formalities. Um, of course this is the Gelsnet podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans, and all content is free. Um we'd like you to share it, like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Um, tell people that we're here and what we're all about, Um, you can get us over on the website as well uh, with the forum at jailsnet.co.uk. And also just a little um, message from one of our sponsors, Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years and we're absolutely delighted that they're backing our podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the new Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand. For more information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So after our usual formalities there, we'll get into the action from you. So they do go, start with you. 1-0 one against St John's in the Cup. Um, what, what was your, your thoughts on the game? <laughs>
1: um, I, I think regression was always the most important thing. So... Delighted to progress, delighted to be in the next round of the Cup. Hopefully it's a trophy that we can go on and win this season, um, as well as the League Cup. I think that's got to be the priority, um, is bringing back some kind of silverware this season and um, regaining something from what's been a fairly dismal campaign so far. Um, but like like Hamden, like Rugby Park, I think uh, Michael Beale said himself that three games in a row we've had pretty poor surfaces and I think. Um, it's been conducive to to the football in all three games, so it was it was difficult for a for a good quality game of football to break out, um, and and that was the case. It was quite a quite a scrappy game. There wasn't a lot, the, it's, it's, I was kind hoping we we're going to have some silence um, over the past you, hours. <laughs> <speaking.
2: laughs> There's
1: people say that Dougie
2: doesn't have a sense of humour.
1: Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> we can always hope maybe tomorrow. Oh, the next uh, day. uh, uh, We're we're going to actually have to try and analyse the game, which which, (laughs) it wasn't a great game, Craig.
0: No, it was not. And Stuart, I think Michael Beale said it was uh, a cowfield, uh, McDermott Park. And I mean, there's... I think there's enough cow fields in Perth already as it is, aren't there? So
2: yeah, there a few there. Yeah, given one of my given one of my friends, uh, uh, I'm quite a big farmer in the area. He could probably tell you exactly the acreage of cow fields in that particular <laughs> part of the country. But uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Michael Beale's uh, observation that Rangers had played three games uh, in six days uh, on cow fields. If you think that Kilmarnock is obviously a synthetic cow field, that uh, it didn't it quite, you know, go into detail in that one, but no, listen, f- football, football in January is never going to be pretty or pleasant, simply because of the playing surfaces that uh, are involved, and it's more a case of endurance, and you know, the word that Dougie used there, there was progression. And I think Rangers have progressed league-wise. And yesterday was a bit of Scottish Cup, and and simply getting your name into the draw for the next round. Um, it was not. It was not an epic. Put it this way: I don't think there's anybody sitting just now with the 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 2023 highlights uh, DVD, even though there's hardly anything on it just now. Thinking to themselves. We might dedicate more than seventeen seconds um, of this game because once you actually take take the goal out of it, there wasn't a hellish much to actually observe or or, or talk about. But it was job done, one nothing victory, and I think you know most Rangers fans over the years would have known the sort of fear and trepidation ahead of this game because they've seen their side fail in similar ties. So anything that you can actually say, yeah, it's been a success on the road, you have to take. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And Diggie, I mean,
0: I know we can maybe sit here and grumble about performances, but it was a big week, this sort of last six or seven days for the club. I think coming into it, you could tell that it was probably going to be the biggest week of the season so far. Um, certainly since Michael Beales arrived and at the end of the day we've played three games and we've gotten three wins out of it I mean, um, Komar looks always a tricky one, Michael Beale, when he was here before dropped points there plenty of times he's got the battle scars from St Johnson in the Cup a couple of seasons ago and battle scars from Aberdeen at Hamden um, in semi-finals as well so um, uh, you know, something to be positive about.
1: Yeah, it's been a good week for results not necessarily for performances but I think the last time Stuart and I were on together, we spoke about it, it, it's all about results at this stage. Um, performances are important; we want to see good football. But um, when you're trying to close the gap on Celtic and when you're trying to progress in the cup, the most important thing is the is, is the win. Um, and whilst we are still winning, we're still we're still very much in the hunt for two cup trophies. And um, I say this fairly bravely: we're still not out of the league. Um, a lot of people look at it and say nine points is is done. Um, we've still got two old firm games to go. Um, we win both of those, it gets down to three points. Anything can happen. So I'm, I, I'm not concerned by the performances. I think we all know um, the restrictions that Michael was work, working under just now. He inherited a fairly poor squad. It's an injury depleted squad. We need reinforcements and I know we're going to come on and talk about the rumours and the signings that we we may or may not see at some point, um, but I think Michael Beals doing a brilliant job. I think we're on game nine now, and he's he's won eight and drawn one against Celtics in those nine games. So right now it's, it's it's just all about getting the wins over the line.
0: No, definitely. I mean, sure, look, something that i did want to talk about as the performances in general since Beals arrived. I mean, you know, we spoke, you know, in the in the blue room when he first came in about you know, wanting to implement a certain style of play. And I think you can see what, what he is trying to do with the team, but is it maybe just a case of at the moment he's not get the players there to do that?
2: Yeah, I think he I, I think it's a pretty much a, a make do and mend exercise just now until you get some certain players back from injury. Um and you've got to remind yourself know well at least i do that there are some players still there who you've just not seen for a while you know it'd be you're saying yourself it would be nice if rangers signed this guy or that guy and then you actually realize there's somebody who plays in that position already but you've just not seen them for the last four months or eight months or whatever it might be um but i think you know i think the 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 as rangers manager michael beale has his own philosophy and how he wants to play the game Um, And I think just now, he's trying to instil that in the players he has available to him, but it's difficult when, first of all, you know that some of the players that are there might not be good enough for the system that you want to employ or the the manner in which you want to play the game. Uh, And secondly you you need to keep these guys sweet up until you get a chance to either move them on or move them out um, and and I think that part of it is difficult as well and he's also taken on, if you like a, a Rangers side that was struggling under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, especially confidence wise and you have to say that Rangers have held themselves together I, I wouldn't say they were, they were overly confident in what they're actually in what they've been doing but you need to say that they must be building some sort of reserves, confidence-wise and in self-belief, because they, they seem to be still churning out these results. This week's been a big week. Um, the cup tie against Aberdeen was hard-going, although I think you actually saw how much of the softening up process Rangers were involved in by what Hearts did to Aberdeen in midweek. Um, the, you know, the game games at Kilmarnock can never be pleasant. With the surface that you're you're forced to play on which is part you know part plasterboard part axminster carpet um and part and part cowfield as we've been told and 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 this week it, it's been head, head down backside up, sort of type thing you just plow on get the results in the bag and you know as you you've already alluded to Rangers are in a position where they're in one cup final, they're in the next round of the Scottish Cup, and they're still punching um, when it comes to the league title race. So all in all, I think Michael Buell has done everything it could be asked of him at this time, whilst not actually having all the cards in the pack to deal from. No, definitely. One phrase that you use there, sure,
0: sort of make do and mend with the players that that he's got, and... One player, um, Dougie, that I wanted to speak about a wee bit was obviously the goal scorer, Borna Barisic. you know, the guy gets a lot of stick,
2: um, off the fans. I, had, and... I hadn't noticed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aye, he's um, he's he certainly had his uh, his critics to say the least. Um, but he did sort of play on yesterday through that through that field <laughs> at McDermott Park. And uh, but did you make of his performance overall again? And also like. In terms of maybe his future, I know there's been a lot of talk about maybe leaving in the summer and stuff like that, and Yelmaz will be the first choice and whatnot. How, how, how do you see that going for him?
1: I think Borna Oda's a game, to be honest, I think. Um when he came back from the World Cup, I think Motherwell was the first game back that he played and he put in that great cross for Morelos' header and it was quite it was quite easy um, to see why Michael Beod brought him straight back in. And afterwards Michael Beale spoke about the balance of having a left-footed fullback at left-back as opposed to Devine who was always cutting infield. So um, after the Motherwell game, he's had a dip. You know, He had the old firm game, wasn't particularly great in the old firm game. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Borna Barisic at times. And I think the, the cup semi final against Aberdeen probably symbolised it for me. It was almost like the ball was a hot potato for him at times. Every time he got the ball he would pass it back or he would want rid of it straight away. He wasn't driving forward with it and one of my big criticisms of Bonavaricic is when the, t- the going gets tough he tends to pretend he's got an injury um, and he's got a, a, a right good record of, of pulling up an injury time um uh, sorry extra time of games and, and and the um the game against Aberdeen was just another one for him where he he pulled up with, with a, what appeared to be a hamstring injury so he could go off the pitch so i'm 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 in the the, the, the camp there where Barisic for me there's a number of players that I think their time is up. We probably need to refresh the squad and Barisic is right in that mode for me. Um, but that aside, um, talking in isolation of the St Johnson game, he um, it, it, it done well. Um, i seen uh, Frankies giving him the jersey net Man of the Match. I'm not sure if he, who, get, who got the official Man of the Match because I was watching the pub and the sound was down. But there wasn't many contenders for Man of the Match. Let's be honest, it was... <laughs> you know, no standout performers. Um, but he, he took his goal well. I actually seen a brilliant start earlier on. Um, so that was his first goal in two years. But it's actually his first ever competitive goal for Rangers um, from from it from, from natural play, not from a not from a set piece, which I think is, is is absolutely crazy. Um it was a great finish. Um it was actually a really nice goal, to be honest. Um one of my surprises was when I got up the road, I flicked open Twitter and I was looking at um, the reaction from supporters and I was quite surprised at how bad supporters reacted to the performance of Malik Tillman. For example, and, and I think the goal is a great example of what you get from Tillman. Um, you can go through the game and, and, and not necessarily contribute a lot um, from a from a work rate perspective, but at the same time, you're going to need guys in that team that can create something out of nothing. And it was his wee flick through to Sicala that created the space. Um, Sakala done very well. I think the keeper touched the ball onto the post. It was a marginal touch, but I do think he got it. Um, it was one of a number of very good saves from the keeper. I know we kind of joked earlier on around there's not a lot of talking points. The keeper did make a few good saves, but when the ball comes back off the post, um, it surprised me that Bonner hit it first time because, um, because he is quite short of confidence. But he's hit it first time and um, he's hit it very sweetly where the keeper trying to go across. The goal, um, where so he, he's got up, he's kind of stumbling across the goal, um, and he's put it back across the face of goal where the keepers basically get no chance. He looks a bit silly because he's kind of jumped to the side to try and get the ball. Um, it was a lovely finish. Um, and he it's a he got a good point. view
2: of the goal, didn't he? Because we actually slowed it down and look at it. Um, I saw one photograph from the game where the keeper looks as if he's sitting on a very high chair, looking at his own goal as a boy ball fast past him into the net. At least, as if he's got the best view of the, in the house of the goal that was scored.
1: It was a great finish, so Stuart. Um, oh, was oh, was you know, it was, it was. He's put it right across the face of the goal into the top corner with pace, um, and it is it's the one rare bit of quality in the game, and um, we need that sometimes. You need, you need something different in, in these kind of games. You know, when they're playing against a low block, it's a dodgy surface. Sometimes you just need, need that moment of magic. And, Despite having my own criticisms of Borna Baricic, he's still a Croatian internationalist. He's still a very good player. And I think that's what you're going to get from our team is that some players step up at the right time. And, and that's what Borna did.
2: Borna Baricic is the latter-day Stuart Monroe because it, it seems to be that his, regardless of his performances, he will never please everyone. Um, Rangers will bring in all sorts to try and replace him over a period of time. And yet he still comes back Asking for more and pops up with a a, a goal, which is probably more than Stuart Monroe did But you know, it's it's. um I, I think I think your observations are probably right. I don't think Barisic helps himself at, at times. I find him looking disinterested, which I think for somebody who's played at a level that he has, and as you as you point out, a, a creation international given the kind of all-stars that he plays with in, in that particular team, you would think that at some point in time he might take himself seriously, where I I, I just think, you know, on occasions he looks disinterested and almost like he's just going through the motions sufficiently enough to be picked the following week. I thought the finish was a, was, was an absolute belter of a finish. And, it, and it's, it's the kind of goal where he will never get enough praise for it, I don't think. On that surface, the ball coming off the post at pace, he doesn't get time to, you know, set himself. He hits it first time and scores an absolute, you know, absolutely great great goal. Um and joking aside on the goalkeeper, I mean he had one world from Goldson um up in the, the postage stamp that he managed to claw out uh, had that goal goal gone in or, or been a goal, I think the general mood might have been slightly happier that it was a a more comfortable victory. That said, I don't think Rangers were terribly stretched in in the game. It was for me, a a very poor St. Johnston team who delivered an equally poor performance because you you know I know people will say, well, you could say that about every team and you, you probably could, but the 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 old thing about lifting your game when you're playing Rangers just didn't apply to St. Johnson. They looked as if it was a case of why one, why the hell are we playing at half past five on a on a Saturday night? Two, we don't really want to be here because we could be heading for a good night out. And three, this is a cow field we're playing on. Um, and you know, I thought they showed up well in touchy, but it was it it was the same players. Who would normally show up well in these kind of games, and all in all, I, I, I was, it wasn't a great performance from Rangers, but I, I cannot say that I was sitting there with heart and mouth as I had done watching them at other times. I don't think there was the same panic level, I thought they were actually in control for huge swathes of the game, and especially through the last 10 or 15 minutes. Whereas, you know, in past showings of late as well, you you really have been thinking, will Rangers hold out here or will they just gift the opposition either a winner or an equaliser?
1: I mean uh, so, sorry, Pig I was uh, going to say that the, the issue when it's one 0 is anything can happen. It can be a mistake, mm-hmm. it can be a set piece. And Wilson we were largely comfortable at points in the game, when you're going to 80, 85 minutes, probably about eighty-eight eight minutes on the clock, St Johnson did start to go the, the long ball, they started to create a few chances and also there was that big one where, um, I don't know who was it connected with the boy, was it Baird, was beard. Uh, beard, beard. He, he connected with it, it goes past McGregor and Tav has to clear it off the line, I think that's the risk that you've got when it's only one now yeah. and I think you're absolutely bang on Stuart that if, if, if one of the other chances goes in, there was other chances of the golden header, the Scott Wright shot, I think Morelos had a good, sh- a good chance that he should have been finishing. Um, if one of them goes in, you're feeling a lot more confident and comfortable getting into the last couple of minutes. But as it was, we are sitting. I'm, I, I was in the pub a couple of hours and you're sitting watching the game, and you're, you're almost you're, you're almost thinking the worst is going to happen. They're going to sneak a goal. It's going to go to the extra time, and you're going to have to play another thirty minutes on that key field. Yeah, <laughs> that,
2: no, that no I, don't, I don't disagree. I don't, sorry, I don't disagree there. I mean, and, and just just one final point on that: that you, you, you go back far enough. If you look at the likes of the team that Soon has built, his mantra was if you defend properly and you don't concede a goal, you only need one goal to win a game. Now, that is based on having absolute super confidence back then. At that time, when you had Chris Woods playing behind Graeme Roberts and Terry Butcher, those days are long gone. But if you have that or you can instill that level of confidence rather than thinking, oh, here's the opposition coming, how are we going to defend us? It it makes it makes such a, a, a difference. Sorry for cutting across you there, Craig. I know you've got another devastating question you want to ask us. <laughs>
0: no, I was I was gonna mention the point that you, you sort of touched on earlier about how you sort of Pearson Johnson were. I mean, how big a concern is that for you that this week, obviously, we know it's a tough week and all that big, big, big games, but Aberdeen touched on it earlier. Hearts absolutely pummeled in midweek. We, we struggled to get over the line against them. You know, Kilmarnock not being great this season made it difficult against them. And a poor St Johnson team, we're struggling to put them away. Is that
2: How, how big a concern do you think that is that we're not killing these teams off? <laughs> well, the, the Aberdeen game... I s- I'll take that as a sep- an entirely separate entity. It's a cup semi final, and Aberdeen yeah. fans their chances. And you know they they will lift they will lift their game, you know, incrementally because one, it's Rangers, and two, they've got a chance of um, losing in a final. Um, if they, if they get through, it, you know, so that makes it difficult in itself. Um. It wasn't a great surface. I mean, Hamden—that was abysmal for that to be a national stadium. I mean, I used to play in better pitches up at Lanark Racecourse. Seriously, it—it um, it was um, okay. That this is this is the, the jeopardy one of the logic of playing two cup semi-finals in January in Scotland back to back. I mean, it is utter. Lunacy, absolute lunacy. Um, and, and you could easily have got away with, uh, you know, but because of the unique way that Scottish football is funded, you have to play at Hamden to pay off the debts that you've already incurred by previous daft decisions you've made. So it's, it was always going to be difficult. I, I, I would never read too much into the Aberdeen performance simply because of the circumstances. Equally, I would never read too much into the circumstances behind the Kilmarnock win because that pitch is shocking. It's it's an abomination of what you should be playing football on. The, The best example I can give of how bad that Kilmarnock surface is was the Hamden pitch on the Sunday was actually better than it. And you saw how bad that was. It was like something that had failed in the rehearsals or failed for the edition of the remake of the Psalm of Passchendaele. But it wasn't a surface that you could play football on. And Comarnock, for me, is a surface that you should never be playing football on at any time. Um, And all it, you know, if you speak to enough boxers, a boxer will always tell you one thing you can only beat who is in front of you. You have to beat them first before you progress in your career or onto your next title fight or whatever it is, and football is the exact same. And this week, whoever's come up against Rangers or stood up against Rangers, Rangers have eventually knocked them over. And and that is something you should be content with um, in terms of the progress that they're making under Michael Beale.
1: Can, can you ask a question there about um, Red Van Yelmat, for example. Is he the Mm-hmm. the long-term left back one of the interesting comments that Michael Beale made after the Kilmarnock game is no matter what Bayern Munich done for Malik Tillman's career and his development nothing would ever prepare him to play on the kind of surface at rugby park and when we're talking about Borna and giving him credit for the performance he put in up in Perth and the, the way he finished the goal one of the things that I would say is we've probably got a number of players who are in a similar position to Malik Tillman, and, and Yilmaz is one of them these are guys that have not really played in these surfaces before and whilst we all want to have footballers on the pitch guys that are very good technically these kind of surfaces sometimes aren't the aren't the games to play technical footballers and i I look at someone like Yelmatz and i wonder the way that he dribbles the ball for example how is he going to translate into these kind of games and, and these kind of surfaces is his game going to be transferable to be able to play on those kind of surfaces and i think there's a lot of talk just now around the goalkeeper situation. where well, we get to see Robin McCrory um, before the the season's out to see if Robin McCrory's is good enough to be to be number one. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if Yelmos gets an opportunity to play at some point um, when he eventually comes back from from injury, because we all want to see if he is capable of stepping in for Bonavars. It's long term.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that that's an interesting point you made about the pitch with Yelmos and even with Cholak as well. I think Michael Beale touched on that Cholak could have maybe played a part on Wednesday, but he just didn't want to take any risks in the pitch. And we've obviously seen before the likes of, of Jamie Murphy um, get injured on that pitch as well. So um, it's certainly not ideal, but yeah, it's just something that we've, we've unfortunately had to put up with um, for the last few years. But um, enough about that game yesterday. We don't really want to talk about it anymore. We're going to move on to his favourite subject, which is Rangers no signing anybody. Um mm. We know that deals for, for Cantwell um, and Raspin are apparently close to you. What's your, your overall thoughts on, on the A2 players and, and who else would you like to see brought in?
1: I think we desperately need to bring in quality in a number of positions. I think Stuart's made a very good point earlier around you look at the current squad as it is, are the available players as it is just now, and you, you, you see the bench. Um, the bench looked a little bit stronger against St Johnston because Sands was back on it, Trolak was back on it, which was which is good. But there' still they're still glaring weaknesses on that bench. Um, and we just need to add quality because with the the five sub rule, we, we are going to be able to maximize the subs and subs are going to have a big impact. And you look at that bench and you don't really see a lot of players that could come on and, and change the game. So it's important we bring in guys that can change the game as well as guys that can start the pitch, start starting the pitch. Um, there's a number of positions that we need to strengthen, and there, there really is. You could go through the, the one to eleven right now. Um, probably none more so than the in goals. Um, there's a big debate of in goals, but we're in January. January transfer window is always a notoriously difficult month to, to sign players. Um, nobody wants to sell their best players in January, so you're 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 kind of shopping in this unique window. Um, so we're not going to be able to strengthen in all the positions um, in January. I do suspect, and I think Michael Beelham said himself that we're, we're going to have a, around a 25% turnover of players within the next couple of windows. So I am expecting a, a fairly big transformation in the squad over the next couple of couple of windows. Um it's all about who's available right now. And um, if we talk about Cantwell and then come on to Raskin, Cantwell's a player who, who's obviously out of contract in the summer. So that's that's where the opportunity, in fact, both Cantwell and Raskin are at of contract in the summer, and that's where the opportunity to sign these guys comes in. You're able to sign guys are quality players because um, because they're at a contract and we're allowed to speak to them. And in both situations, the, the teams will want to cash in and get something in return this window so they're not losing them entirely for nothing. Um, both appear to be good players, right? Cantwell's the one that I personally know more of because he played in the English Premiership. He's someone that you, you obviously get to see live on the telly and on, on Match of the Day. Cantwell's only 24 years old. Um, I, I find it laughable. When you, you, you listen to some supporters and, and read some supporters saying that he's been off the boil for a year, um, which means he's automatically not good enough to, to come to us. Um, the Cantwell that i seen two years ago in the English Premiership was being tipped for 40 to £50 million pound moves at one point. So we're talking about a real quality player that's just lost his way. And, and the comparison I give, for example, Ryan Kent. I think a few people are forgetting just now that when we signed Ryan Kent, he was on the back of four or five failed loan spells. And he came up here because Michael Beale knew who he was. He trusted him as a player and he knew exactly what that style could bring to our team. And that's what I think with Cantwell and I think um, what Michael Beale is identifying right now is is he's looking at what's missing from my squad. What do I need in my squad? And both Raskin and and Cantwell are positions that we need to strengthen. And that was probably my criticism of of Gio as in the the summer, it kind of felt to me that he just he just inherited the summer signings. It was just who we signed, he just took on and he then put out in the pitch to see who he could, who he could kind of form the best team with. It seems under Michael Beale is a wee bit more structured of this is exactly the, the position I want to strengthen in and the, the kind of player profile that I'm looking for. So so Cantwell is is, is, is for me an exciting signing. He, he might be off form, um, but we've got an opportunity to draw in Patrick Thistle in the cup and, and the, um, the game being scheduled of the weekend of the 11th of February. in a couple of weeks time we're playing a championship side that you if we do get these guys through the door that's probably the game to give them a start and and it'll be really interesting to see who we do get in the in the door and whereabouts these players play um Cantwell can play in a number of positions as well so um he gives us great flexibility Nicholas Raskin um we've always spoken about the need for a central midfielder there's a lot of debate around whether we need a six an eight or a ten um I think Stephen Davis was a huge loss um, to our team. If I'm honest, I know he was he was aging, but Stephen Davis was just a Rolls Royce of a player. Somebody who who just sits in front of that back four um, and Stuart's got one eye on the NFL. Um, I describe him as a quarterback. You know, he just he just sits there, and he pings the balls forward um, and finds the space. And apparently, that's what Nicholas Raskin's good at. Um, he's not someone I've I've seen a lot of. I have like every Rangers fan went and looked at him on YouTube, but. We've all been burnt in the past watching guys on YouTube and, and basing our, our thoughts off of that. Um, interestingly, I, I couldn't remember that he actually played for standard against us when when they came to Ibrox. And I did rewatch that game and he, he came off the bench. But again, difficult to judge him. So whilst I'm excited about him because on paper he, he looks like what we need, and likewise we can't well. I think these are the kind of guys that you want to see... In a rangers jersey to, to truly um truly judge them and, and know whether they're the right fit for for us and for scottish football but i think on paper they're both positions that we are looking to strengthen in, and they look like they've got real assets that can they can they can make our squad stronger
0: yeah i mean sure one thing that's kind of i don't know if concern's the right word maybe it is but from from what, We're kind of hearing through the grapevine. It seems that Cantwell, Raskin, Whitaker, at Swansea. It seems that these players are all really, really keen to come to Rangers, um, and they actually want the moves to go ahead. So the issue that I maybe have is when you've got, you know, we know about player power nowadays and all that. When you've got players that want to go to these to these clubs, why why is it taking Rangers, you know, to the twenty second of January, and we've still not
2: we've still not announced anything? Why 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 is it taking so long? Uh, You know, the the kind of difficulties of the January transfer window have been, you know, discussed time and again. And and Diggy's alluded to the the kind of points that most people would make. The, The other thing is, if you go and buy somebody in January normally, if you really desperately need them, that usually takes a big wedge of cash. You know, if you remember back when Rangers did actually sign players for cash in 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 January, sometimes the amount of money it took to actually get players to move, you know, at that time, they don't they they're not working in that market just now. And I think what you're looking at is so for instance, say Cantwell, where where is his stock just now? It, well, it's lower than it was probably two years ago. What are the circumstances be that, behind that? Well, he played in an English Premier League team who were relegated, probably each and every player suffering from shell shock at the batterings that they took over a period of time. The changes in management there, you had new managers coming in, new styles and all the rest of it maybe didn't fancy the way he played maybe thought he was a bit lightweight maybe were looking for more of a graft in the middle of the park you know a whole raft of circumstances and scenarios that that you could you could level at just about any player but sometimes even though they're going through a bit of a trough it takes you a bit of time to actually convince them that this is the move you want to make equally The club that they're leaving might not want to release them quite yet. And the player is angling for a move. Now, why would a player angle for a move to to Rangers? Because despite everything, and I mean it, you know, despite everything, Rangers are still a brand and still a club that are playing European football you know, when, when you're playing in English second tier or even third tier or whatever it might be, those opportunities are not going to come round to you very, very quickly unless you, your team progresses or your club progresses and you pre- progress with them at the same time. So therefore, it becomes a real selling point if you approach some of these players but even if you approach the player and the player wants to come, convincing the parent club that now would be a good time to take two goldfish in a balloon when, you know, if you wait to the summer you're getting nothing out of it, but we've got, we've got a wee pot of cash here that you might be able to take. I, you know, knowing and having covered transfer deals for, you know, umpteen years, I know how fickle it can be. Absolutely, how fickle it can be, because you suddenly get somebody saying, "Oh wait a wee minute, um, I've heard, I've heard a whisper that somebody else might be interested in me now." And it's again, I go back to say Cantwell's case, or you know, however it might be. If they suddenly find that they don't need to move 400 miles up the road to Glasgow to progress their career, and maybe just move across the country to say um, Leicester City, who are looking for players, or um, you know, to to Everton, you know, who are desperate for players as well, that might make that would then mean that a player has got something else to think about. So this whole thing about taking it up to the great making the signings. This is not the same as signing um, guys who are contract-free in the summer. It, it, it's, entirely, it's an entirely different subject matter almost. This is about guys who are making a, a career change halfway through a season. Therefore, it's good to suit them, go to suit the buying club, got to suit the selling club. And it also makes them an open target for other people to come in and just completely gazump Rangers. And I think maybe Rangers are trying to get all the ducks in a row and got all the paperwork done and everything played out and, you know, eyes eyes uh, dotted and T's crossed just to get these deals over the line because they know that somewhere along the line somebody else might be looking at them.
1: Craig, yeah. I, 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 I think that's the thing, right? We're all eager to get new faces in the door. Um, we can see the squad needs it. Um, I think as supporters, we need it as well because we need that um a bit of a lift um seeing some new faces coming in that you get excited about and you're excited to you play in the flesh but the reality is it needs to work for all parties and i think Stuart's absolutely bang on in the Cantwell case that um other offers might come in that he's considering for example but fi- the financial package is, is is the big significant factor for me he, he might be a contract in the summer um but as Stuart said Norwich we're looking for a fee right now and who knows what kind of fee Norwich are, are looking for? And it comes down to is it is it money we have? Because I think the truth is we don't have a lot of money right now to go and splash on new players. And Norwich might have said we want two and a half million pounds. Two and a half million pounds in January and can't wells yours. And we look at it and say, Do we really want to pay two and a half million pounds for a player we can get for free in the summer? So well as supporters, we're all eager for 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 movement to the transfer market and see the new faces in. At the same time, I'm not adverse to playing poker and, and saying, um, right, okay, we'll sign you in a pre-contract, we'll get you in in the summer, and you can come in the summer for free, and then let's let's see what, who, who folds first. Let's see whether Norwich or Standard Liège eventually fold and say, see that one million pound offer that you did offer, we're going to take it now. Um, but on Raskin, I, I think i seen today on Instagram, he's training with Standard Liège. So whilst there's a lot of noise, particularly coming out of the Belgian media, that um, the deal has been agreed. its I don't think it's as far along as what we hope it is, given that he's actually in, in Belgium still training.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're the asking ones, I think, off the top of my head, should be a wee bit more cut and dry than Cantwell. Because at the end of the day, we've, we've made the point, Sarah Cantwell, he's what, 24? He's out of contract in the summer. He's an English player. A couple of years ago, he's been touted for a big move. So he will have lots of interest. You know, it's not as if he's been. You know crucified by injuries or anything like that although in fairness if it was then we would definitely be willing wouldn't be. But, <laughs> um, like he's he's a quality player they're asking one for me because i know that he's sort of fell out with with the hierarchy standard liaison and, and checkneller today um he's not played since i think november even december time r- roughly so like i mean i know he's, he's trading and stuff like that but i think that's maybe just to sorta to sort of, sort of tie them over and stuff like that. So hopefully hopefully something can get agreed. I mean, do one thing that I was um, wanting to touch on as well, not just about incomes, but outgoings as well. I think I don't think well we're, we're not going to see senior players leaving January. I think Michael Bills made that pretty clear, um, unless obviously a monstrous bid comes in. But I think this is maybe my football manager head on. I was looking at Raskin and, you know, Glenn Kamara, who I think are relatively similar. Um, similar, similar position anyway, and thinking, well, can maybe bring in Rasker in the summer on a free and then play Kamara for the rest of the season. Hope that his performances go up and then maybe we can get an extra couple of million quid on, on top of his value. I mean, who, who would you say right now in the squad needs, needs to go basically, needs to get sold if we can get an offer? Because I'm looking at it, I'm thinking Morelos, Barisic, Kamara, they're, they're free to name a few in my opinion
1: long do we have, Craig? <laughs> um, I, think, I think everyone's available for the right price, first and foremost. I think everyone's available, but having said that, it's all about timing. Um, there's some really good chat going on just now in the, in the comment section about rumoured bids coming in for our players. There's been a, a rumour in the last 24 hours that Rangers have rejected bids for Conor Goldson and Fashion Sicala. And whilst I say every single player is available uh, at the right price. You also need to make sure that you've got replacements lined up that are better, and it's the right fit for the the, the, the team. And the reality is, right now, on the Goldson Sakala one, just now, is Connor Goldson's came in, and he's a huge factor why we are not conceding as many goals. And Fashion Sakala is arguably our most creative player right now. He's he's the one for me that's really shining. And, and you're taking this opportunity under Michael Beale. So, whilst I say everyone's got, they're asking price, it would take big cash for us to part with those two players. In terms of other players in the squad, I think it's different to say who I would let go versus who I would let go in this month because whilst I say the time's up for McGregor, for example, or the, you know, I, I don't think McLaughlin is a long-term number one, I'd let, you know, potentially the both of them go. I think the chances of assigning a number one goalkeeper in January is slim, whilst I think um, the future of Borna Barisic is up. Um, I don't think now's the right time to move him on because Yilmaz should be his successor. So if you're bringing in someone to replace Borna, it's probably somebody that you'd expect him to be challenging Yilmaz, and, and therefore, you, you don't want to do that well. So Yelmatz is out injured halfway through the season. And you can go through the entire squad. You know, guys like Helander. Helander's time is up at Rangers. Um, he is injury-prone, a high earner. He's not contributing enough. A bit like Kumar Roof for me. And it's a shame because both players are excellent footballers is um, out of contract in the summer, Rufus got another one year um, but nobody's going to take them in January so whilst we could sit here just now and say there's a lot of players just now that, that we um, that we would want to get rid of, I don't think we, we want to go through the entire squad and, and humiliate or devalue um, some of the players but it's interesting the, the ones that you called out because um, Kamara for example, if we do finalise um, Nicholas Raskin you could argue that there's a number of players that he's going to be competing with. So Davis, what does it mean for long-term uh, future of Stephen Davis? Um, he's obviously injured just now. The likelihood is we'll probably never see Stephen Davis again play for Rangers, which is which is a very sad ending to an amazing career of a brilliant, um, brilliant footballer. Um, I don't know what it means for Greali Kamara um, if we if we do sign Nicholas Raskin because for me. Going back to the point around uh, Michael Beale identifying specific types of player that he wants, I think I think Nicholas Raskin's more suited to how Michael Beal wants to play than Glenn Kamara. Um but it all depends on bids because um I expected us to sell Kamara in the summer. I really did. And we were actually in for Raskin in the summer, but stand up the edge we're looking for too much money. We we have our values on players and guys like Kamara are not regulars in the team just now. 12 months ago, his value would have been a lot higher. The reality is right now, his value is probably not as high as what we would want to sell him for. Um, I'd be looking for minimum 6 million for for Glenn Kamara, but I don't think we'd get that for him right now. So the timing might not be right to to sell Kamara. It all depends on who comes in and who's interested in our players. Um, Cantwell's another one, though, because Cantwell can play a number of positions. Um, I think that it puts a question mark on the future of Scott Arfield. For example. Um, I don't think Scott Arfield will get a new contract in the summer if we do bring in Cantwell. But I also look at the type of player that Cantwell is and, and look at how many players that we've got very similar to Cantwell. Ryan Kent plays on the left, Cantwell can play on the left. Does that mean that Ryan Kent going to leave in the summer? You've got Yanis Hadji, you've got Tom Lawrence out injured just now and looking to come back. They play a very similar role to Cantwell. What does that mean for their futures? Although Hadji's also signed his new contract, the big one for me is Tillman. You know, I spoke earlier on about the criticism that, that I keep seeing for Tillman, but I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there: Malik Tillman is a fantastic footballer, and we're going to come on and talk about Charlie McCann, for example, who, who's, who's rumored to be going to Forest Green Rovers. And whilst it's disappointing to lose guys that have been coming through the B team, Malik Tillman is only a year older than, than Charlie, Charlie McCann, and he's an established first team player. Nicholas Raskin is only 21 as well, so. Uh, it, it, for me I, I, I would want to sign Malik Tillman on a permanent contract but I don't know whether that's going to be possible if we've already got so many guys that play a similar style so um, it's an interesting one come, come the summer I think right now it's all about bringing in um, bringing in quality I don't expect a lot of exits in January um, other than some, some young players um, there's a lot of players I'd want to get rid of and the one player that I would, I'd drop in before I i finally shot up is rabbi matondo um if, if ever there's a player that just symbolizes everything wrong with the Rangers transfer policy it's rabbi matondo he does not suit scottish football he's not good enough Um, i say that knowing that at some point he's going to come good and it's going to completely bite me in the arse um but rabbi matondo for me is a player that we should just be trying to get rid of but it comes back to the same challenges again he's rumored to be on twenty eight thousand pound a week we paid two million for him who's going to pay that so it, it all comes down to interest. Who's going to actually want our players? But um, there's a lot of players that I think their time's up at Rangers.
2: I, I'll make the point uh, in, in, in terms of Tillman. Tillman has, has been in Germany with Bayern Munich, okay? He's a guy who basically runs around in a Bentley, when other guys that you're quoting are in a 1987 Vauxhall Astra with a big exhaust on it that's had 17 different owners, I mean you you are you you are you are comparing apples and turnips here. I I I'll be absolutely you know there is people say uh, you know well tell me to shut up first and foremost, but no. You're talking about somebody who Bayern Munich identified as a someone who could play for them. If if he can't play for them, the next step down from that, you would still take somebody like that rather than somebody who stand at the bottom level trying to go up the way. And 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 people make constantly they make that mistake. Oh, he's XR. No. Yeah, you can go and sign guys that are ex-Arsenal youth players, ex-Old Trafford youth players, ex-Barcelona youth players and all the rest of it. And the reason you're signing them is because they haven't shown, they haven't come to fruition in the same way as people expected them to. But that doesn't make them lesser players than the ones that, you know, and I'll I'll make a a point on, on Tillman and, you know, um, on Cantwell or whoever it might be. Rangers fans forget, and they do really forget. If you were naming an old time Rangers Great 11, two of the names, in fact, maybe three of the names that would be on that, in that team, right, might be Haitley, might be Loudrop, and might be Gascoigne. Can anybody actually remember where they guys were career-wise when they actually signed for Rangers? Loudrop was had had uh, was getting shunted from pillar to post. Suddenly, played his best football at Rangers. Why? Because he was happy and he was settled. Gascoigne, he signed for he didn't even know he signed for Rangers. He signed for Glasgow when he arrived. (laughs) That's how mixed up he was. And and Hayley just wanted to be playing football again. And you look at the three of them. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm it, not sure about Cantwell. I'm not saying that Cantwell's going to be in the same category of any of these guys, but sometimes you've got to give yourself a wee bit of history lesson, and a wee bit of wake-up call, just to actually realise that there's players that have played for Rangers and played well for Rangers who were going nowhere career-wise at their particular level and turned into absolute diamonds.
1: Sure, there's a, there's a right good balance, isn't there? There's, there's, there's signing guys that are at a top-level team who are more than capable of stepping down. Let's be honest, right? Going from Bayern Munich to Rangers as a step-down in quality. So there's, there's, there's absolutely players like Tillman who could step down from Bayern Munich, but in the same breath, there's absolutely gems available who could step up. And um, whilst we're linked with Raskin and um, Cantwell, we're also linked with Morgan Whitaker, who's at Swansea. Morgan Whitaker's a really interesting one for me because he's been on loan at Plymouth for the first six months of the year. He plays as a number 10 in the right-hand side and he is the top goal scorer of the team sitting top of the league. So whilst we're talking about guys like Tillman signing them from Bayern Munich, I think there's also a market there to be signing guys. You know, let's be honest, that's the league that we pinched Areval from and, and Areval came up to be a, a, a very good player. There is also some diamonds available and I think Michael Beale will know that market very well. I think that's where he knows Cantwell from, from his time in under-23s. I think we've got to trust that um, Michael Beale will be able to spot a player from down south that whilst we all might shrug our, you know, our faces up at. Who's Morgan Whitaker? Or, I've never heard of him. Or why are we signing a Swansea City player? There's there's probably a right good kind of gem down there. Hopefully it's Morgan Whitaker. Hopefully we can get it over the line. Who Michael Beale can shape into the next Arivo that you go and sell for a big profit.
2: Yeah, and 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 on that, I would have to say as well that you've you've got. The likes of Michael Beale being criticised for even looking at these guys when a year and a bit back Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was being lauded because he's coming into Scottish football again and he'll know everybody in Eredivisie, all the talent, all the the nuggets that are hidden away here and everywhere, he'll know where all the diamonds are, Rangers are going to be a great team based on his, uh, you know, the, the information and knowledge that he has of talent spotting in the Netherlands and he didn't even say in a Dutchman. So you know at least think your criticisms through before you start, you know, voicing your concerns because some of the time you'll just be sounding off without absolutely having any, you know, knowledge to back up your 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 claims or back up your argument.
1: I just wonder that the likes of the Geo one for me is an interesting one I mean, I can allude it to earlier on. I, I think Geo was a bit of a backseat passenger when it came to some of the business dealings at Rangers and I think that kind of symbolises bit where we've not went and signed players from the market that he knows. I think he put the trust in guys like Ross Wilson to go and identify and sign the players and I think is a good coach. I think he expected to be given the players and he would coach them based on who he's been given. Whereas Michael Beal, for me is saying, no, do you know what? I know these guys. I, I've seen him in the flesh, or I've, I, you know, Cantwell's a player that I've respected for a number of years coming through the ranks. I think there's a right good player there that we should be going and signing, and he's probably much more vocal in those conversations with Ross Wilson about who he wants.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, you know there are plenty of examples of people who have signed for various football clubs on the basis of like right. Um, um, I'll give you a classic example of in a Rangers context, Lindsay Hamilton. Lindsay Hamilton is back up to Chris Woods. Lindsay Hamilton is going to play in a League Cup tie, gets tickets for all his family um, on the Wednesday afternoon. This is him He's going to make his big debut, having been signed by Rangers. And Bonnie Ginsburg walks in through the doors, unannounced, and suddenly he ends up in the team. You know, it's like, there are a lot of guys that have signed for Rangers thinking that, oh, this is my big chance. And really, they're only back up to the main event when 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 they come in. And I think that is exactly the situation that, in terms of Van Bronckhorst, I, I think that was a scenario at Ibrox when he was there. Yeah, you'll get to do certain things that really you won't. You're there full one one job and you stick to that job and try and get that job right. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, there's other deals being done that you might not even know about. Oh, still, sure. I can't believe you brought up Lindsay Hamilton there because that
0: is the first thing that I think of as soon as I hear that name—is when he made a glaring error in, like, the two thousand and seven Masters at the Brehead Arena that cost Rangers a tournament. So that—that
2: that tells you that him. tells you everything about big Lindsay then.
0: I know, I know. Um, no, but I mean, ho- hopefully, they can get get a few a few names over the door. I think. <clears throat> one thing that, that Michael Beale's done and I know people maybe criticise him for being a wee bit too open in press conferences but I, I like it, I think it's refreshing and, and you know you just want a guy to be honest don't you but one thing that he has said um, and I think this is really really clever when he turned around and said you know I've done my job I've spoke to the players you know that basically means that if the deals don't get over the line it's either Ross Wilson's fault or you know, somebody for the board's fault for maybe not putting the finances up. So I think with the criticism that has been leveled that, you know, Ross Wilson and the board recently with the transfers, I think Michael Bills kind of put them under pressure there to say, well, you know, we, we now know as fans whether, you know, they are going ahead and actually get, getting
2: deals done because that, that will be the reason that, you know, that something doesn't get done. One one place I will go with the transfers, you unless it's, unless it's absolutely potty money that somebody offers you. So if somebody comes in and offers you, say, I'll, I'll just pluck a figure out of my dear. If somebody comes in and offers you 10 million quid for Connor Goldson, right? You might want to take it. In fact, you might take it. You might not have any replacement lined up, but if you were Michael Beal just now, and you sold a player, believing that you were going to get money to spend. That same money to spend in the summer. Would you believe the board at wrote if they said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you sell them, and we'll come back and revisit this in the summer, and that money will still be there"? Mm. That's a, that. That's something. That's a hell of a gamble. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right, um, but.
0: Just one of those things with we, we transfers, we, we kind of get used to gambling at Rangers, don't we? But um just um, lastly then, before we finish up, I wanted to talk about um Charlie McCann. Dougie kind of touched on it earlier. Rumoured that he is going to forest green novels. I, I think I just want to have a wee wider discussion about the sort of the B team um, sort of progressing into the first team because we have seen the likes of, you know, McCann, Lowry, Devine, Patterson, obviously previously come through. Um but one thing that I've noticed since Michael Beals came in is that the opportunities have been limited. Um, you know, Divine's obviously played at left back, Dougie, but that was out of necessity because of injuries and whatnot. Um, Leon King, um, he hasn't played at all. When I actually heard rumors that um Michael Beale maybe thinks that King's maybe going a wee bit faster than what he should be. So there was maybe talks about maybe going out alone or something like that to get to get more experience. I mean that is something that I noticed in, you know, previously with Gerard and Beale at Rangers where there wasn't really anybody coming through. I know Partison was sold for big money, but let's be honest, he didn't make that many appearances, did he? Um, so, uh, Gio seemed to have more trust in the likes of Charlie McCann, Lowry, etc, um, etc, et to bring them in. Um, I remember the Dundee United, United actually, it was after we'd, we'd been hammered by Celtic and Ajax and um, Geo started uh, Charlie McCann um, and Leon King, and it's like it was a, a bit of a gamble because that was obviously there's a lot of pressure on him. It's a must win game, and he's he's playing the two guys. I mean, what, what what's your overall thoughts on on Charlie McCann? Firstly, possibly leaving, and, and the sort of the pathway opportunities are moving forward for these young guys.
1: I I think it's a very fine line because Wells Geo is putting faith and some of these younger players, some of it being enforced upon them through injuries, um, we were losing games. And, you know, I I, I always go on about um, a couple of interviews i, I seen back to back when Rangers were back in the third division. And it, one was Frank De Boer at Ajax and the other one was Alan McCoy at Rangers. And the question was put to them, very similar questions, completely unrelated. Um, Frank De Boer's was uh, along the lines of, um, you've sold a lot of your experienced players and you're bringing through youth players, where do you think you're going to finish this season? And Frank DeBoer's response was, it's not about this season, it's about three seasons down the line. In three seasons' time, we're going to have a brilliant team that's going to have a, you know, success domestically and success in Europe. Counter that conversation with one of Ali McCoy, and Alan McCoy went and signed guys like Ian Black and whoever else we went and signed we were down in the third division because he didn't want to put the trust in guys like Lewis McLeod, Barry McKay and, and so forth. And Alan McCoy's response back was at Rangers you just need to win your next game otherwise you're, you're under pressure and I think that's where um, there needs to be a balance. These guys need to be good enough and ready enough to be able to step in and play the football and that's why it's so difficult to break into a Rangers team. Whilst I think it was great that Geo gave, gave, gave these guys game time, we would not have been getting scalped 7-1 against Liverpool if, if Leon King was not centre-back. As harsh as that might sound, he wasn't at fault um, but that kind of an experience and that kind of key position is a, a fundamental reason why we get scalped on on that day. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm kind of an offence because I am I am someone that's really passionate about the academy. Someone who's really passionate, and, and all fans are. You want to see that kind of pathway from from youth um, right into the first team. I think Charlie McCann's unique to some of the other players because we signed Charlie McCann from Man United. Going back to Stuart's comments about guys that haven't quite made it at a top club, you go and you sign them and you see if they're good enough for you. That's exactly what we did with Charlie McCann. um, Charlie McCann needs to be treated slightly differently when you're having conversations with some of our young players like Lowry because Charlie McCann did not count as homegrown. Um, Charlie McCann would not have been homegrown in, in the European competitions, for example, and that is a huge factor. We will keep players in this squad purely because they were homegrown, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at comments around Scott Wright in the Fed, for example, we all know that Scott Wright is not the best player in this squad, but he serves a very specific purpose, and that's what we need to have, homegrown players in our squad for Europe, and that's the reason why you'll always have Charlie McCann treated differently to Alex Lowry. Now, on breaking through, Charlie McCann really impressed me. I'm not going to lie, in the games that I've seen Charlie McCann, I thought there was a real player. There, and I think Forest Green Rovers um, is a really bold but refreshing decision from Charlie McCann because he's looking at the current midfield ahead of him and he's thinking his game time is limited and he's got an option right now of do you go out and loan get your match experience then try and fight into the team how many times have we seen young players do that and fail you know whilst we're talking about outs we are linked with um selling Uh, Lewis Mayo, who's on loan at Kilmarnock just now because he's not going to make the cut Josh McPake at Queen's Park and um, Kai Kennedy as well, all these guys who are not good enough to step forward because we have loaned them out Charlie McCann's using this opportunity right now saying, okay, I'm not close to the first team, I'm not going to get a game in the first team, so I'm going to make the bold decision to go and seek first team football elsewhere and I think think it's brave and and, and it's a good decision from Charlie McCann because um, Hopefully he can make a right good career for himself. But from Rangers' best interest, two things. One, Michael Beale spoke about some things with these young players, you've got to respect that they just want to be playing football. And I think it's Charlie McCann who's talked about when he mentioned that. But secondly, if we can negotiate the right deal to Forest Green Rovers and negotiate something like a percentage of mixed sale clause, if Charlie McCann goes down there and he does well, as as a lot of fans expect him to be able to go down and do we'll still benefit from it because we'll get a future cut of any of any transfer sales so Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of my view on charlie mccann my view is very different on alex lowry just for the record because there's been a lot of chat around alex lowry and the thread i think alex lowry is one of these young players that comes along once every 10 15 20 years alex lowry is special and i think whilst i've kind of made my comment about charlie mccann and um, a comment about homegrown players. There's absolutely a place in the squad for some of these young players, like Devine, King, and Lowry. There is a place in the starting eleven at some point for Alex Lowry. But the big thing for Alex Lowry is he needs to develop into a first team player. He's in that really unique gap right now, where he's head and shoulders above everyone in the B team playing in the lowland league, as you would expect a good young player at Rangers to be. But he's not quite. Good enough to come in and be a regular starter in um, Rangers because he's competing with guys like Tillman, who is a, a, a player that Bayern Munich really abated. So he's up against good competition, he needs to take his chance. Alex Lowry is probably the epitome right now, he needs to put his head down, work hard, earn his place and when he gets his place, you know, it goes back to Barry Ferguson's situation and what you hear Steve and Gerrard talk about, you need to be really ruthless and, and make sure that you just go and take that place. That's your spot. When you get that chance, you take that spot, you make it your most, and, and then it, there's no looking back. I, I'll, I'll sit here right now and put my cards on the line and say, Alex Lowry will get a chance at some point and he'll take it. And there'll be no looking back for Alex Lowry. And everyone will forget that at the age of I don't know what age he is now, he's probably at 20. At the age of 20 he wasn't getting a game time at 19 because at 23 years old, he's he sold for £20 million. That's that's where Alex Lowry could go. His his career is in this kind of wee fine line just now, where he, he needs to take that break, otherwise it go two ways. But Alex Lowry has huge potential, and I, I really hope that he recognises that and he takes that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, Stuart, it's about balance, isn't it? Because we, we all like the idea of a young player's coming through, and you know, Rangers fans and, and whatnot playing for the team. But I mean, you look at some of the situations that. Leon King, especially, has come into this season. I mean, you know, if you're wanting young players to come through, ideally, you want to do it when the team's playing well, when they can come in, and you know, they can kind of just bed themselves in and whatnot. But you know, I think if you're putting them in situations like that, where you're getting gubbed off Liverpool and what have you, it, it can be mentally sparing
2: for them. So it's definitely a bit of balance, isn't it? I'll be, I'll be very brief, given the fact that there's one or two. That I think I'm talking rubbish when it comes to. Uh, loudrop and Gascoin, um, obviously they were there at the time when the deals were done. Um, I'll, I'll leave this and make it very, very brief. Uh, Amad Diallo,
1: mm. that was very that's, brief, Stuart. <laughs> that's how.
2: That's how. That's how. That is. That is how. Transfers and the likes is never ever an exact science
1: did you know mm-hmm. i think with dialo i at diallo year so i've got a few mates that are man united fans that that say things like we didn't give him the chance to really blossom up here and i think with diallo towards the end of the season he was starting to grow into the jersey and exactly what i was talking about alex lowry you need to start to kind of develop into a first team player we were yep. starting to see that for diallo and personally i would have given him an extension rather than the matondo Sunderland right now are benefiting from how we were nurturing him into a first team player. Absolutely, and, and he would not be doing what he's doing at Sunderland had it not been for his loan spell at Rangers. And that is, and that is, you know, like good comedy, you
2: know, it, it's all about timing. You know, what I mean, it's, it's, absolutely, and, and Rangers, if you're like in the game of poker, blinked when it came to somebody like Diallo and thought, well, here's somebody's turned up and said, and they'll take him for whatever it and is we've paid this and let's do the books and let's see what happens and he's going elsewhere and and has subsequently thrived and you know you you can go back in history and see where players have come from and and what their background is and what their dna is and how they've come through the ranks at various clubs move them to sign them up take them on board you know give them a, a starring role they just don't cut it with you and then they go elsewhere and it's like wow look at that guy and 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 you know historically it's happened to every club and historically rangers fans out there will say yeah remember remember when we broke the british transfer record and signed him and he only played 12 games and then he went to everton and and became a, a hero down there listen it's it, it is not an exact science no, it's not an exact science indeed, Stuart. And I think that's uh, a good wee um, point
0: to wrap up on, guys. Thanks very much um, to the viewers at home for listening to us. Um, I know we we're a wee bit late, but we had a few technical issues with the, the 70-inch NFL telly, didn't we, Stuart?
2: So yeah, twenty-seven we'll ten 10 we'll... for the Bengals just now. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, B- Bengals.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's that's deep for the it. No, but um, listen, thanks very much um, for joining us, guys. Stuart, thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Stukey. Thank you for joining me.
1: Fiersly, we could have talked all night about transfers, and th- it's great to see so much contribution in the thread. Hopefully, hopefully everyone did enjoy listening to it. There's some food for thought around future transfers and, and youth development as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um no, as I say, thank, thanks everyone at home for, for listening to us as usual. Your support is always um appreciated. Um, we will be um tomorrow um the um podcast will be available on all your usual um podcast providers um to download your spotify itunes um etc 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 so um all that's left to do me is to remind you we're going to be back on friday with scott and gary to preview another game against St. johnson this time at ibrox where hopefully we can pick up the three points Um so thanks very much for listening guys and we'll see you back on friday